Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. My name is Trevor Mueller. Of course, with me is UWA and Jake Grant. We're here to talk about Stanford. It's one of the places that Jake and I and our dads went. We had a great time doing everything except watching the game. We met Sonny Six Killer. That was awesome. We got to hang out with a bunch of Husky fans down there. Beautiful campus. Lots of, you know, we got to see a whole bunch of their, their, their Hall of Fame. You remember that, Jake? That was Yeah, cool. that was cool. The game... The atmosphere was probably the worst Pac-12 opponent I've ever seen. What year did you go, you guys? Jacob Eason year. Yeah. Oh, God. I have yeah. 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 I had more fun watching the Stanford nerds play Quidditch in the in the field than I did watching the games. And that's it was, true. It was so much fun watching. I have so many them. questions. It was, it's a real thing. They, they have an actual Quidditch field. Mm-hmm. They were playing, yep. and a kid missed a shot, and I laughed at him, and he heard me, and then he threatened to sue me. So <laughs> <laughs> You could not have described a more Stanford experience than the one you just did. First of all, that they have a Quidditch field. Second of all, that you laughed at a kid who missed a shot during Quidditch, and he threatened to sue you. You could yeah, not. He- yeah, he ended the conversation like, with what? go get me a Big Mac, bitch. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I am not at all surprised by the story in any way. Oh man, that is so funny. Um, yeah, what a what a cool what a cool campus. But man, the game day experience inside the stadium was lacking, uh, including the energy from that husky sideline. That was a dead game from the start. Uh, Jacob Beeson, how many times did he throw to Aaron Fuller? He, he, in that game, I felt like he targeted him about 20 times. Yeah. It was a bad Stanford team. And of course, Washington lost, um, Leah, nobody likes dunking on Stanford like you do. So let's talk about the rivalry. Go ahead. Um, it's one of those things where it's kind of confusing because we're far and away the better football team, but for reasons that no one really can understand why the two teams that have been the thorn in the backside of the Washington Huskies with regard to football have been Arizona state and Stanford call it uh, grass, call it, uh, you know, the pregame vibes that are very much giving off a country cocktail sort of a thing. And it's less, less sort of the Montlake scene or, you know, sec country, but um, there's nobody there. You have to make your own energy. Even when Stanford's good, they don't usually have a packed house unless it's the big game against Cal, or maybe SC. So um, it's just one of those weird games that you have to get through. Uh, I think Ryan Grubb for this particular game is smarting off of last week, and he should be. I think he's got a lot to prove this week, and he should prove what he says he's going to do. Uh, this is a get well game. Even though we we did not lose against Arizona State, sure felt like it. And he He's got a lot to prove to show that Washington is well-deserving of their number five ranking and what better way to do it against the 12th place Stanford Cardinal who did are they're, they're one game removed from coming back against the mighty Buffaloes at Colorado, but make no mistake. There's still a 12th place team in the conference. Yeah. And kind of to piggyback off your point, they have been a thorn in our side. You know, it's this series is almost at a deadlock. If Stanford beats us this weekend, we will end the series in the Pac-12 at deadlock, 45 wins apiece versus Stanford. And we can't have that as Husky fans. Uh, mm-hmm. I refuse to have that as Husky fans. Um, you know, I think Stanford <laughs> might refuse it as well. Yeah, I think pretty bad. Stanford uh, might re- uh, sue you, Jay. Yeah, again. <laughs> Um, 
I, this is a different Husky team than what we went down with when me and Trevor went down there. I, I do believe that Husky fans will travel um, better than they did last time. Uh, the, the, the crazy part about it, you know, I think it's so funny that they forever that the Stanford football stadium was, you know, that we called it the farm. And then all of a sudden within the last, last three years, everybody's realized it is an awful place to play football. And they started calling it the library. Um, Did you start the- that, Leah? I have been given credit for it by Sound the Siren podcast. Shout out Hooligan primarily and also JCAP. But I, I don't remember that, but I think I made a joke one time and we just went with it. So I, um, on the button, I have created a couple new gifts um, that come from Parks and Rec because Leslie Nope notoriously hates the library. <laughs> so we are going to be dropping some really good anti-library gifts. This week. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it all, I've I've heard it all over the place, um, and it's such a fitting name for that stadium. It, it, it they almost promote you to be quiet. I I never <laughs> saw. I don't, do, Trevor. Do you remember ever seeing uh on their big screen something saying "get up" or "get loud" or "cheer" or do just anything other than just go sue Jake? I feel like that was this lo- the logo all weekend. Just, well, that just, was just like, that was the crazy thing about the energy is that I also started chanting go Sue Jake. And I was sitting right next <laughs> to you. Like it was, it was permeating yeah. through the 15 I fe- I felt it. there. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you, dude. I don't remember a big screen. I don't remember. I just remember a lot of empty seats and it wasn't like, it was like a mid afternoon game and it was just dead. Like we were sitting pretty close to the Husky sideline. So uh, we, I watched a lot of the interactions between the offense and the the offensive players, the defensive players, just kind of how things were going on the sidelines. And, and there just wasn't a lot of fans on the other side of the field. Yeah, I feel like there's more employees and press members and band than there are actual Stanford fans at Stanford Stadium. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it's, it 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 is it is such a weird place to play. Um and it's I mean, I understand why they're not there right now. Um you know, the who's who's their coach before? Um David the end of the David, David Shaw, Shaw. Right, there was just nothing that really would garner much eyeballs really it was they they lost their identity their brand of defense and just like a really great pro style with a fantastic offensive line just kind of just dissipated and now they're i don't know what their identity they're gonna have to rebuild an identity with this new guy mm-hmm. well their new coach is the high school football coach of jake browning at Folsom yep. high school yep so um, he has some talent about him. I do think that he's probably going to be a really good fit at Stanford. Yeah, and he built uh, Sacramento State. Perfect. So there's not, nothing against um, what Troy, Troy Taylor. Troy Taylor. I knew it was a Troy. Nothing against him, but it's really hard to win in this conference in your first year unless you're playing against uh, Coach Prime, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Stanford's bad. They're they're really really bad. Jake, tell me about their offense. Uh, you know, 
their offense hasn't been good all season. Um, the only thing I can compare them to is they're a lesser version of the Oregon offense. Mm-hmm. They have they have uh, one receiver. Um, everybody knows who he is because of what he did against Colorado two weeks ago. Yeah, and he was um, unknown before that. That's the crazy thing. Yeah, but he he, he was unknown by the nation, but yeah. Stanford fans knew him. He's well, he's almost tripling the amount of yards um, receiving than the second place guy on their team. Um, it's it, it, Elik Ayo Manor. Um, he he he's the one guy um, that you're gonna have to guard the entire game. That you're gonna have to pay attention to. Um, they have four or five other guys that they do throw to. Um, that they're nothing special. The thing is, is that Ashton Daniels is starting for Stan- Stanford, and uh, he does typically run the ball, kind of like, kind of like. Um, gosh, I'm spacing on his name. It's been two weeks since we played him, and now I'm spacing on it. The quarterback for Oregon is Bo oh, Nix. Yeah, kind of like Bo Nix in a way that he doesn't run. They don't create a lot of runs for him, but if the po- if the play breaks down quickly, he'll jet out and run r- immediately. Um, and and he's doing okay. He, his completion percentage isn't all that good. It's not Bo Nick's numbers. He's only completing sixty percent of his passes. Um, but uh, and and then the run game's okay. Um, Lampson, it, it's almost like a Samsonite. But he's only averaging 2.3 yards an attempt, and and that's just not good. They're not good at running the ball, um, and they only throw to one guy. So defensively, I would consider this another get-right game. Um, Arizona State was absolutely that for this defense. This defense essentially won you the game against Arizona State. And when I say essentially, I mean absolutely won you the game against Arizona State. Yeah. And and just keep that rolling through this. Feel good, play good, and keep it rolling on to USC. Because if that defense is rolling when they travel down to USC and they can play on the road the way that they played last weekend against Arizona State, they're gonna they're gonna find success. How do you think Stanford's gonna try to go about getting to Washington's defense? <clears throat> I've been thinking about that all day. That's a great question. And I don't have an answer. I think. (laughs) On a wing and a prayer. Yeah. I I mean, I think it might, it might come down to taking uh, shots and trying trick plays at the right time for Stanford. Um, I don't think they're not going to have the fire that Arizona state came out with. It's just not in Stanford's nature. And um, I just think it's going to depend on, on, on well-timed shots, deep balls with the potential of pass interference. Um, they're, I don't think that Stanford's defense can slow down the offense like Arizona State did. So, so they're going to have to try to score. And it's going to have to try to be um, taking shots uh, um, and maybe spreading the ball out a little bit more than they typically do. Washington might be game planning for that one wide receiver. And if you can, if you can complete regularly to three or four guys, it really opens up a defense. So it, it kind of just depends on, on what they want to do. I don't think that they're going to come out and try to run against us. I think it's going to have to be in the air. <laughs> That's such a bleak preview. You just gave on this. I, 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 I'm, they're not good offensively. I, 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 
uh, we said that about uh, about Arizona State last week, and they proved us right. Yeah. That's my fear, Jake, is that I came into Husky Stadium last th- uh, Saturday feeling all sorts of confidence being on this podcast with you, and that did not end up being true. So, I like, know. So what do we have to do differently um, offensively? Because defensively, we played our, our tails off last week. So, so now, now you're getting into, into my transitioning. And yes. this defense. <laughs> you're welcome. That's what yeah, we call a transition. That was a great forever. segue. <laughs> um, man, the difference between Stanford's defense and Arizona State's defense is, is gigantic. Uh, Arizona State, for being one and six now, you know, they're only giving up around, uh, you know, low 20s for points per game, which is actually pretty good. Um, I kind of poo-pooed them thinking that Washington's offense was going to do what Washington's offense does and just roll through them because USC was the only one to score over 20 points on them. But that obviously didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Everybody scores on errors, uh, on Stanford. Stanford, there's only one defense worse in the Pac-12 than Stanford, and that would be Colorado. Um, they're 11th in passing yards given up with over 316 yards a game, and they're giving up 37 points a game and looking at their schedule average giving up that many they gave up uh, 24 to hawaii who's not super good 56 to stanford 30 to sacramento state 21 to arizona 42 to oregon 40 uh 43 to colorado and 42 to ucla so they're just getting burned and those aren't some of those offenses are not great ucla they went with uh, Ethan Garbers. Maybe that's going to help, but you know they haven't been a great offense all year. That's not Arizona's not a. That was a Jaden Delora led team. Just not great offenses, and they're still giving up thirty seven a game. Yeah, I was just going to say that yes, they've given up a lot of points, but they've also lost a couple of pretty close games in conference. Um, the call or they won close against Colorado. They lost close. Sorry, there was only two games, but like they're capable of making it a game. One was um on the road at Folsom Field in Boulder, and one was at Stanford Stadium. Have they improved enough to make it a game against Washington? I don't think so. But what we did against Arizona State last week has given me enough pause to feel a little bit nervous. Plus, the kooky things that happen in Palo Alto, it just it makes me very nervous. Yeah, the thing about the Arizona game that you have to remember is that was Jaden Delora, and we maybe saw the worst Jaden Delora this year. And I think you put Noah Fafita in that game, I think the score is a little bit different. I think Arizona under Noah Fafita is pretty scary. Like, and we'll talk about the scores, the 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 schedule later, but Oregon State's it's Oregon State Arizona late. That is a scary game, and it, the, I'm the excited. lines are like three and a half. So people are 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 very respecting of Arizona after you know Washington had them; they're 18 point favorites. You're not going to see that anymore. This is a better Arizona team. That's why I think that no, this Stanford team hasn't made the strides that it's going to need to to stop a Washington. And like you were saying about Ryan Grubb, Ryan Grubb's. Uh, interview with the media this week you could tell he and he said he was pissed he was disappointed in himself he was disappointed in the way that his game plan came out um and that he's gonna they're gonna fix those mistakes and they're you know (laughs) 
Another thing is everybody's saying that Julius Buelo will be back. And if that's the case, the offensive line is solidified because then you can move Parker Brailsford right back to the center position. You have um, Buelo in the guard position and you're back to almost full strength. Do, do, is this a game that you need to focus on your run game a little bit more? You have to focus on it all. All, all, it all sucked last week. Yeah. I mean, do you guys agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all of it. I, I think that Ryan Grubb has his, his work cut out for him. And I think the best coaches out there take games like we had on Saturday last week, where you probably did not deserve to win the game and you basically treat it as we basically lost this football game. We've got something to prove. Yeah. We are no longer the media darlings now after we did that. So we need to get back in the good graces of the media. We need to do what the line says we're going to do and more. So, so what worked against <laughs> Oregon so well is the fact that we started the game with the ability to run the football. And mm -hmm. then it opened up the entire field for Michael Penix. Um, when we open up a game without trying to run and immediately throw the football is it seems to me like the times that Washington's offense gets in trouble because they become completely one dimensional. And if you have not gained that momentum running, it's hard to then just go to it in the second and third quarter without having already, already found success early in the game. Um, so call me old school, call me what you will. That, that passing offense absolutely succeeds when you start running the ball early. You can bring that linebacker and the safety core up, which gives you then the option to go over the top. We, the two teams that have had success against this offense are the two teams that have played high safeties, two high safeties. And that's because we were not able to run the ball and those safeties were not fearing the, the run because the linebackers were cleaning up everything that we had. Even D tackles were cleaning up our, our running game. So if you have to bring your safeties up to make those tackles in the run game, that opens up that throwing lane that Michael Penix was looking for all day against the Arizona State. Every deep ball that he tried to throw last weekend to me felt forced because those safeties were high the entire game. What do we think about the potential for Mike having a rib injury? Is there any truth to that? What do we think about that? And how does that affect the game plan? I, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I think that there might be something to it. He, they've had some bruising games, man. He's, 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 he's played tough. It, he didn't look right. I've heard, I've heard two different things. I've heard a rib injury and I've heard a sickness as well. Right. Um, And so I don't know what to believe out of the two. I, I, if I was a betting man, I'd say a rib injury over a sickness. Um, and so the best, the, I, I guess at this point in the season right now, the best thing that he can do is, is drop 40 on him by the end of the third and get the heck out of the game. Agreed. Well, wait a minute. If I know anything from last year against Oregon, if you have a clean hit against a quarterback, that makes you basically Voldemort. And <laughs> probably they probably cleanly hit Mike in the Oregon game, and we're not complaining and calling them Voldemort. I'm so we I'm so weirded out and confused. Anyway, I think you're right, and I think the best course of action is to just start fast, start early, score often, and make Dylan Morris the quarterback for the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I think that's what they're going to do. They have to figure something out because it's it it isn't that they were 
they didn't abandon the run. The run was just terrible because it was getting blown up before it could start because they were going up the middle and the middle was just exposed. And man, if Julius Bielo is back, that's going to solidify that and hopefully find some more running lanes. Uh, This team is so beat up. Um, And, you know, if something were to happen where they didn't make a playoff, I think that I'm I, I'm I'm gonna make excuses and one of those excuses is gonna be health. And I know it's football and people get hurt, but man, it just seems like it's hit after hit after hit of guys, big time players not being available. That being said, I actually believe the coaching staff that Jalen McMillan will be back this week. I do too. I think that Thule is as close as he's gonna get before SC. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't come back this week. And same with Julius. Um, they got to get Julius back. They got to get some cohesion. If he's healthy, he's going to play. Agreed. Um, and how do we feel about the job that Gary and Hatchet has done? We, we're not going to slander players, but, but what has he done? Well, what has he not done? Well, well, he got benched. Okay. That's as enough. Why, that's, that's why Parker got moved back to the guard position and landed. Cause I thought it was an injury. And then listening to the press conferences, it was, it was not an injury. Yeah. So, but he's, I mean, he's a young player. He, he could learn and get right back out there. Who knows? I think the way that this team becomes, you can start thinking national championships again, as if Julius Buelo is in the game. Completely agree. Yeah, I agree. With, I agree with it, that. It, it hinges on Mike's protection yep. wholeheartedly. And if Julius is in the game against Oregon and Mike doesn't get hit, we're having a different conversation right now. That's a very good point. Um. All right. Stanford. They have three interceptions on the year. Uh, you know, Arizona State had zero, and then they walked out with two. Um, what's the score of this game? Who's ready for their predictions? Go ahead, Leah. I'm looking at the stats. I'm looking at how much Stanford tends to give up, and I think the Huskies are going to put up a 40-burger on them. Uh, I I think that Mike is going to be able to leave the game in the third quarter because I don't think Stanford's going to score over 10 points until the fourth quarter. So I'm going to call it 42-17 dogs and we take the series in the Pac-12 against Stanford out of the library. I uh kind of backtracking a little bit. Uh I did mention before the Arizona State game that Washington was on the verge of being allowing under 20 points a game and if they held Arizona State to a low enough score, hmm. they could I remember reach that. that mark. They did it, and they're going to continue to do it, and oh. they're they're going to hold Stanford to even less, and it'll be below eighteen by the end of this game. They're going to win forty to twelve. Okay, awesome. Um, I'm gonna straight do get just a little bit more, and I'm gonna go forty eight six. Ooh, oh gosh, Harry is strong yeah. with you this year. Look. Yeah. So we did this. We did the same thing last week. You had mentioned it before, Leah. We all were very high on the Huskies and, and, and we've all picked high percentage wins. What's the percentage of fear that this could be yet another trap game? I think you're not going to have two trap games in a row. I think this team, I think that's a wake up call this week. 
I'm still worried about it. When we did our preseason podcast, I named this one as a potential for a trap game. I really, I'm disappointed in Ryan Grubb and just the the team last week because this was a revenge game last week. Um, Arizona State's the last team to take a, a dub from the Huskies. And I really felt like they were going to have that in mind and and show something to the fans last week, but they didn't. And this is their their opportunity to do that. Granted, um, all of us are not going to be there cheering for them, but I'm still very worried about it. Jake, thanks for the question. I'd say about 40% worried about it. I'll feel a lot better about it if we look really good in our first three or four or five drives and we're not punting and we're not bringing out Grady Gross to kick a field goal. He's only kicking PATs. Although shout out Grady Gross. He is my kicker and I do watch him. So (laughs) we love you, Kayla. Um, At the same time, history is history. We don't have a good track record. I, I was just doing some, some data and in the past, 20 times we've played Stanford. We've come out with a win. Eight of those times were eight and 12. The last two coaches to win in Stanford were Jimmy Lake's last win and Tyrone Willingham's last road win in 2007. So we're talking about 2021 and 2007. So this is a place that's tough to win. I think it's a tough place to win for most teams. Oregon doesn't have a fantastic track record against Stanford also. So it's not just us, but we're going to be, we're going to be lucky to get out of there unscathed. If we can, if we can put on a show so much the better, but I'm very worried about it. Yeah. The the best thing that I think that the the Huskies have going for them is that it's a four o'clock game um, and it's on FS1. It's not packed (laughs) after dark. Track racing. It's maybe, maybe, (laughs) Uh, but it's not, it's not packed 12 after dark. And that is, if you went Pac-12 after dark in the library, that would absolutely be a buzzkill. And that would be so hard to get up for. But the thing about this program under Kalen DeBoer is every time there's been a glaring mistake, it's been fixed. And that's kind of what I go back to is I trust this group. Leah's looking at me funny, even though what was the biggest issue for a lot of this year? It was the penalties. And then what did they do against Oregon? I could not agree with you more, but I'm thinking back. I'm thinking back to last year where we did lose two games in a row. So that that's my only caveat. Oh, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about this. Okay, okay. I just you said the Kalen DeBoer era, so I was opening up last year's book. Okay, so okay, I'll give you that. But I, I, this group just they they identify issues and they fix them. I completely agree with you. That's what's gonna. They're not gonna allow. Hands down. That again, granted, the only place that I believe it would is in a terrible environment like this, where you have to bring your own uh, energy, but the energy of this quarterback that we have is pretty good. And I, uh, I hope he feels good. Um, Cause the guys just rally around him. I need a much, much better game this week going into SC next week. That's what I keep concerning myself with is even though SC has kind of been on a skid, um, they haven't had bad losses i don't think notre dame or utah is a bad loss but they haven't looked all that competitive but it still makes me nervous going there it still makes me nervous playing against that offense and what i don't want to do is limp into sc with two really bad wins um and we're, we're not looking good this is this is just jake being like a little selfish that he doesn't want to listen to all the pundits all week talk about how Washington's probably going to lose the game because they've been playing poorly for the last two weeks. You don't want to hear that. 
But at the same time, if we play poorly and win, that's kind of that's kind of almost good because the film looks like, oh, this is going to be easy for SC, and then we could come back and shock the world. But, but so it's you're like not I thinking Jake's the center of this universe. Jake doesn't want to hear that. <laughs> sorry jake sorry jake well i i think that Just don't sue me okay <laughs> fact, i think the fact that we're talking about the worry that we have and we're acknowledging that this is not even though it should be an easy win it isn't always that way i think just talking about that something we didn't say last week is actually going to make it so i think that the huskies will win and they'll cover because we are articulating the fact that like, this is not going to be a gimme. That's my takeaway. Uh, that's, and that sounds great. Hopefully they go in, they take, they take it seriously. They take care of business and we go into the Coliseum eight. No, that would be uh, most excellent. Delicious. Yeah. Okay. So I was Leah, you had texted me about, the just the situation around the college football playoff if they if washington were to drop a game if they were to drop you know a a conference championship like what are the legitimate ways that washington could get in because it's clear if they win out of course they're gonna go but man there's just a of the teams that have uh there's there's six teams right now that are you know uh, uh, undefeated right i would say that there are nine teams that have legitimate viability at this point to get into the college football playoff georgia ohio state michigan florida state washington oklahoma texas oregon and alabama yeah so i have those listed as well the ones that i have i guess the next two are Oregon State and Utah. I still, I see that. Outside looking in. What's that? Outside looking in. Oh, for sure. They're, yeah. they're, they're like, uh, they, they're the darkest of the dark horses, in my sure. opinion. Sure. And so much so that I didn't list their tough schedules coming up. Yeah. And, you know, we really need to start lamenting the fact that Florida State, unless they, yeah, they're in. themselves, they're in because yeah. their tough games are done. They have, Miami under crystal ball and we all know that story and, I, then, and then a game at Florida which maybe but then there are one loss ACC team going into the, the championship can, can we also say that there will be an SEC team in no matter what also whether it's Georgia or yep. Alabama yep. I'm you know I'm looking I'm looking at that and yeah I, I think you're right I mean if obviously if Alabama loses another game they won't yeah, but if Alabama and they, have, goes, and they, they still have Alabama the, and Kentucky, if 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 Alabama wins out the rest of the year and beats Georgia in the SEC championship, well, they wouldn't play Georgia in no. the SEC championship. We'd have two one-loss teams, and that would be a huge problem. Yeah, yeah, it would. It would right. be a huge problem for the there's rest of the no, There's no chance if we have two one-loss SEC teams at like uh, an undefeated Big Ten team and a one-loss Big Ten team an undefeated Florida state and a, an undefeated Washington that Washington gets invited. You're saying that if Washington wins out, there's two one loss sec teams and there's. Yeah. I disagree. Washington absolutely gets an invite to the yeah. backyard. This, yeah. this year they will. Yeah. The, the, uh, They'll be number four. It, it, it doesn't matter. You're in. Uh, over yeah. one loss 
over no, a one No, you're probably to- not. You're still going to be voted higher because if if they get through undefeated, they'll have gone through four at least four ranked opponents. I've- if it, I'm and and USC is my caveat. A USC has to beat Cal, which I think they will to stay ranked. But I mean, so let, let's pretend for a second that we play, it's going to be a ranked team that we, if we were to go undefeated, it would be a ranked team that we play in the Pac-12 championship. So that's, so that's five. Yes. That's five teams. So and I counted, I did a little research here, Florida State, including their championship game, if they play Duke, would have totally played two. Yeah. Oklahoma would have, will have played two, which yeah. is Texas twice. Texas will have played two or three rather. So like Oklahoma twice and Alabama once. Oregon will have had six, Alabama five, Georgia four, Ohio State three, and Michigan two. And so, if you look at if if I even you know like even Oregon, if they're if they only have one more loss and or sorry, if they have one loss total and they have six six teams that they've played, wow. and you're gonna you're gonna bump them for a one loss Alabama team, like I yeah, don't know. The brand, I, think, I think the battle of the brands is gonna come into it if we get to that point. It's gonna be that muddy. Right. That you're you're going Lanning versus Saban or Lanning versus Smart and let's, I just let's, I let's I just experiment though of like let's pretend Georgia wins out Michigan beats Ohio State and Washington drops one of their final uh, four games and it's not to Washington State so we've got undefeated Georgia undefeated Michigan one loss Ohio State undefeated Florida State and one loss Washington. I you know and and it comes down to is Washington's loss in the conference championship, or is it to USC, Utah, or Oregon State? Because if I Washington's think that's loss is in the is in the championship. They're out. They're out because yeah. then the person the the team that beats them it catapults them. So so I guess my my argument to all of this is that if Michigan goes undefeated, or Ohio State. They're, Michigan, they're, they're and, swappable. And Hang on. My point doing, is, okay, yeah, go ahead. My, my point is that they're interchangeable. Whatever one of them goes undefeated, the other one will not make the call the conference championship, which right. leaves them out of the equation altogether. Um, we've seen it happen before with SEC teams. I don't think that this is the year, especially because neither one of them play a crazy amount of ranked teams. Yeah, the schedule's not that hard yeah. this year. Um, so whatever one loses between those two is out, no matter what, in my opinion, if I'm voting at the table right now, one of those two teams is out. So even, even if Washington were to drop a game, uh, let's say against Oregon state, um, and then come back and win the Pac-12 championship, they automatically, because they're going to beat either Oregon, Utah, or Oregon state in that Pac-12 championship, they're going to catapult ahead of one of those two big 10 teams, which probably puts them back in the final four. You're probably right. And looking at it, we talk about Michigan going undefeated. They have to go to happy Valley and then they have Ohio state. There's a very, there's a, there's a, it's not unlikely that they drop one of those games, especially, I mean, they could lose at Penn state easily. Um, and Georgia could lose one or more games because they lost their tight end. Yeah. So they have Missouri, Ole Miss at home, Tennessee. and then Tennessee as well. So that's a tough one. The one easiest schedules that have left are Florida State, Ohio State, and Oklahoma, and Oklahoma by far. Oklahoma basically 
doesn't have much on their schedule until Oklahoma State and then whoever they play in the Big Ten, 12 championship. Well, the well, big, te- the big Texas 12 would like to say hi. Texas yeah, says the Big hi. 12 championship isn't um, a north and south anymore. It's the top it's two It's teams. just the top two teams. Top two teams. So Texas, they will, It'll be they Texas, will be Oklahoma Texas, again. Oklahoma. Yeah. So that that helps the situation. Um, and for the first time since they've hired Sarkeesian, I will be rooting for Texas because um, I do want them to beat Oklahoma. Oh, I don't. Well, yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't want a, an undefeated Oklahoma because they got one. They got one win against one right? good team. They're in the top four. No, that, and they had not. to rally big time to get that win against Texas. So yeah. I will join you in in uh, in barking for Sark in that game. Yeah, that, that's not <laughs> doing it for me. Um, <laughs> if if there's only, I think there's only two teams in the country that have one loss that are ranked higher than Washington if Washington goes undefeated. And that for me is Georgia and Michigan. Um, They started the season high on the polls. And if they lose a game, they will continue to stay high on the polls because they will have won an extremely hard conference championship. And we all know that the national pundits love the East coast and they will give them all the benefit of the doubt. I, I, I give you Georgia for sure, not Michigan. I think people are starting to see that Michigan has played a pretty easy schedule up to this point, and their biggest games are Penn State, Ohio State. I don't. And then you have their conference championship. It'll be a ranked team, but it, it's not going to be – it's going to be like what's like Iowa or Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah, something like that. Okay, like a high teens maybe that lost to the Cougs. <laughs> So you think so the way we're the way we're kind of working this out, it sounds like from what we're saying, if if Georgia goes undefeated and Michigan goes undefeated and Florida State goes undefeated and Washington potentially goes undefeated or has one loss, that that's your top four. Yeah. Even if Alabama only has one loss. But that completely depends on Oklahoma too, because if Oklahoma goes undefeated, then they're in over a one loss Washington. But if, yeah, but if Washington's undefeated, then Oklahoma's sitting. Correct. Yes. Yeah. The body of work is just way well, better. Hey, yeah. And, I mean, it can, and it Washington, depends. Washington's resume will be better than Alabama's. Right. And, and Florida State's. Yep. It could be, it could be Florida State looking out. Um, Not if they go undefeated. Who, who else do they have to play? Uh, Miami and Florida are their biggest ones. Wake Forest, Pitt, Miami, North Alabama, and Florida. Florida's not good. No. So uh, Florida State, if they if they make the conference championship game, I don't know who they'd play. Duke. It'd be probably, probably Duke. Duke. Um, Which Duke probably was well positioned to win Duke, that yeah. game before their yeah, they got were. hurt. Duke might not be ranked by the time the conference championship rolls around. That's also true. Yeah, that's a bummer. So I don't I just, know. I it, hate it, to think it, about the fact that like I hate thinking about Washington could have one loss and Oklahoma will have played a soft ass schedule and could catapult Washington despite winning the conference championship for the Pac-12. That's just that's a tough pill to swallow. I also don't Duke's not gonna win out the rest of the way. They got six and one Louisville, they have six and one North Carolina on their on their schedule still. So it's Who not gonna be- that? Duke. Duke. Oh yeah. So it's not going to be Duke in the conference championship. Oh, it could be North Carolina. Could be Louisville. 
Yeah. North I just Carolina don't know. Was, I don't know. I, mean, I don't Carolina know. Carolina was tenth in the nation until they lost to that. Yeah, I don't know the ACC well enough to say who is going to be in that conference championship game against. Here, FSU. just think about this, Jake. The Atlantic Coast Conference featuring Cal and Stanford. <laughs> so they're the, the, the ACC Stanford's doesn't even know not, what the ACC Stan- is. Stanford's not the worst team in the ACC right now. They might. <laughs> They might be like the sixth or seventh best team. <laughs> Which in is saying season. something. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome since they're on the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> so it makes it's kind of antithetical to being a smart school if you are on the Pacific Ocean and you go join the ACC. It is pretty. It is pretty counterintuitive there. Um, all that being said, I hope. I mean, it's gonna be nobody. There's gonna be some losses. I mean, Washington narrowly avoided catastrophe last weekend they can they're absolutely going to be t- they have a tough schedule in november mm-hmm. they could very well lose of course i don't believe they will and i haven't all year um you know michigan that michigan penn state game is mm-hmm. going to be wild to watch um and then you know georgia has not played well like you were saying brock bowers is out there's there's potential to lose i don't think it's going to happen man i just I just hope they control their own destiny, went out, and we get in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna quote the great Rick Neuheisel, and I'm gonna say, "Just win, baby. Just win, baby." I'm yeah. I'm not as big on Penn State as as you are. Did you watch the Penn State Ohio State game last week? I tried to. It was Penn tough State's to watch. awful offense is awful. Yeah, they Penn have John John. <laughs> Penn, still Penn the residuals. State, Penn State's offense <laughs> is almost as bad as Arizona State's. They could, I mean, Ohio State, I'll give Ohio State credit, and I don't do this very often. If you know me, I can't. <laughs> but they have a good defense, and I'll give them that. But Penn State's offense, I, I think, what um, what's Franklin's first name? James. James yeah. Franklin. Did anybody else notice that he did a wardrobe change at a halftime? He put a hat on. I didn't notice he that. Didn't I stopped have a hat on the first. That half. game was tough to watch. It was awful. So I don't think Penn State's all that good. I think they have a good defense, but I think you're going to start seeing them drop down the rankings. Um, I could see them dropping more than just the Michigan game as well. I oh, think Michigan. I think you're down on Michigan because they have a bad schedule, but I don't think that's Michigan's fault. I think teams are bailing on on Michigan. But I think Michigan's really talented. I, I can't imagine why anyone's down on Michigan right now, Jake. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't condone cheating, but I still think they're really good. I I don't disagree with you, but I think that it was really oh, funny. That is hilarious. That. I uh, did you guys see the clip of the guy that they're saying is the one that's recording all of their uh, all yeah. of the plays on the off, uh, other side of the field? He's I mean, just... I think this is something that's been going on for a long time and I don't condone it, but I also feel like, you know, they, they asked coach prime about this. It's like, it's very different from when you throw a curveball in baseball, like you can prepare for exactly what you're going to see, yeah. but you still have to stop it in football. So it's like, and it, Kirby smart was like, yeah, I mean, they might've been stealing, stealing signs, but did that matter? in the result of our game in the college football playoff? No. So I, I think that they should get penalized for it, but I kind of don't. I don't understand the the super outrage. There's far more like far more important things in college football that I'd rather they rather get mad about. For example, Oregon's uniforms, but whatever. <laughs> well, you know, Matt Rule, I thought his answer was the best. 
And I think this is the catalyst very much like the Astros trash can mm. banging. Let's bring college football out of the stone age and mm. let's get them the, the, the earpieces and the helmets that are in the NFL and in high school. And they're yeah. not in college football. That's insane. That takes care of the problem. Just like the little pitch, the the pitch thing on the on the knee of the catcher uh, took away the ability to steal signs like that. Putting in the headset will fix that as well. It's it's very simple. Okay, yeah, I I, I can't muster the outrage that others are having. I do love Twitter. Somebody wrote something like, "What should be the punishment for Michigan?" and some random twitters put beheadings and i kind of thought that was funny <laughs> i think everyone should have to wear pleated khaki pants i think you should have john donovan as your offensive coordinator. oh yes that's that's the winner right there 100 <laughs> for a for a guaranteed five-year contract oh, you can't woof okay um <laughs> look around the pack 12 we got uh oregon heading to utah oregon is a six and a half point favorite what do you guys got on this one this one makes me nervous. I, I'm going to tell you, I, I know that Jake, you don't listen to the podcast that you're not on, or even if you listen to the ones that you are on, but I did announce to Trevor in our last podcast that the, oh, the, Utah, the Utah Utes are Leah's Utes this week. Hashtag Leah's Utes. Um, I would love to see Oregon go Bowen two on game day this, this year. That would be fantastic. I don't know that it's going to happen though. I don't think that Oregon's going to cover. I don't think they're going to win by a touchdown, but I worry about, Utah's they're just they've been bitten as bad as the dogs have with the injury bug and I worry about their ability to win this football game um my score that I have right now is 27 23 Oregon man Cam Rising is going to be out the rest of the year hand over the keys to the Ferrari let's go Utes they're going to win 19 to 17 love it I mean it's not going to be high scoring I mean Oregon was able to put up 33 against Washington's defense. The dink and dunk just isn't going to work against Utah because their, their defense is the strength of their, their, they just tackle so well. I don't think they cover either. I, I, I don't know who wins the game. It's going to be a field goal game. It's going to be low scoring. I, I, I tend to go with the home team on this one. I think it's going to be the Utes. Well, I hope you guys are both right. And, you know, if you say it's it's calling a field goal, maybe this time Camden misses it off the off the uprights because he missed wide right against Washington. He missed wide left against Washington State. So the yeah. only thing left for the hat trick is to doink it. <laughs> double a double doink. Double oh, doink. Double doink. That will go down in. If in you call a double doink to lose, Leah, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I, I, I might be like Will Ferrell in old school and just. I'm going to go streak it. I did, I did the call a loss. I did say that, that Utah is going to lose, but I think if, like as Trevor said, it's going to be a field goal. But if it's a missed field goal by Oregon, I call it, I call the double doink. <laughs> uh, USC is still ranked, and I think that's probably right. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley hasn't been at practice, and it sounds like Cliff Kingsbury is going to be on the sidelines for him. Kind of weird. They're going to Cal. USC is an 11 point favorite. I tend to think that they're going to bounce back just because Cal doesn't really do anything super good. So I th- I'm going to pick USC to cover, which I don't feel super comfortable about. I'm also going to pick them to cover. I, I don't know who could have called that, you know, a team, a football coach that is managed by Jennifer Cohen 
is absent in duty and doesn't want to deal with the media. I can't imagine that that's one of her employees. I'm calling it 4127SC. Yeah, I have them covering too. Um, I'm going to go 35. They've been scoring right around 35, 35-21. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Washington, Stanford, Colorado, UCLA. This one, 17 points for UCLA seems hard, but Colorado's offense defense is so bad. I I don't know. I, I'm really I UCLA is clearly gonna win the game. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna cover. Yeah, you I, I, I I I is it's my baby um, blues. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Uh, just for no, I can't. I was gonna pick against UCLA, but I don't think Colorado's good. No. Is uh is dude man back for Colorado? Yeah. Um, their skill positions in Colorado are Travis Hunter. Yeah, Travis Hunter. Um, their skill positions are really nice in Colorado. I just don't think that that's going to make it close. I do think that they're going to cover, though. I think they lose by 14. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have UCLA 31, Colorado 12. I, I think UCLA's got a pretty good defense. They do have so a great defense. I'm going to, I'm going to call it for Trevor's Bruins. <laughs> Next up, we have the Cougs going to Arizona State. Cougs are a six-point favorite. I have Washington State winning by three. I just don't think Arizona State has the offense to win, but they're going to lose another like heartbreaker like they did against Washington. Yeah, my favorite part about this is that the Vegas bet makers are not learning from Arizona State, and they made the over under 51 and a half. Oh yeah, I, take the under. I'm oh. I'm gonna make the over under twelve. <laughs> Washington State's gonna win six to three. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call this one for my Devils. I'm a big fan of Kelly Kenny Dillingham after last week. I thought he showed me something, and he really uh he really gamed that out. Uh, I think Arizona State is due for something good to celebrate, and they're gonna be home in Tempe. And strange things happen in the desert for everybody. I don't think it happens as much to Washington State as it does to Washington, but Washington State's going to continue their skid. 24 20 Devils. Gosh, like their offense is just State so is bad. Go into a tailspin. What was that? Uh, who? You. I, I I just think Arizona State's offense is so bad. I, 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 don't, I don't see them scoring more than 12 in, unless they get a pick six. I, I I just don't see them scoring even in good field position. I don't see them converting into touchdowns. Yeah, but I feel like Washington State's also like they're on the verge of a tailspin. They're already there and maybe going to Tempe with all of uh all of the uh riches that uh Tempe, Arizona has will send them into a full is, deal. Okay, is but Dick, can I tell you yes. that I am so if I didn't hate Washington State and Oregon before i had that game locked down i had oregon as a 18 point uh favorite and i had the under and i needed no more scores i had six points to play with washington state scores a touchdown they're within 18 and they went over so that touchdown that meant nothing killed my uh killed my bet that day so thanks a lot for that now now on to the things that actually matter <laughs> is, is dickert there next year no 
I don't think so. I think he's Where's he going King, though? King Lee and Edison. I, I've been here in Michigan State. Yeah, I, I, I would. Be... He, I would. I I could see him being at Michigan State. I think that's such a poor choice for them. Um, you know, Jake Dickert has built his career at Washington State based on the Apple Cup win of 2021 when we didn't even have a coach. They don't have a whole lot of really good wins under his tenure, and they've been just piss poor in the last month. I, I mean, do what you want, Michigan State, but that that's not your guy. You know, you know what they have going for them though is no matter how poor the Dickert hire is, it's still not going to be as bad as their last one. Facts. Yeah, the bar. It. Don't trip on it. Yeah, uh, don't be. Don't. There's the Mel Tucker scale. Don't be below the Mel Tucker scale. Yes. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's the only one lower than the Mel Tucker scale, <laughs> in my Ouch. opinion. Ouch! All right, should we talk about the nightcap, Trev? Yeah, and I don't, I don't remember if I said this earlier. I think I might have said that it was in Oregon State. It's in air. It's in Tempe, Arizona. It's in. I mean, it's in um, Tucson. Yeah, that makes it Arizona, even scarier. Arizona hasn't been in Tucson since they played the Dogs. Oh boy, and it's a three and a half point spread in favor of Oregon state. That is small the scariest game <laughs> in the schedule. And one, I am so uncomfortable picking because I think Oregon state's pretty good. And I think Arizona might be the best four and three team in the country, man. No oh man. Noah Fafita is he's good. I mean, he, if, if he's in there instead of Jane Delora, they're probably five and two. They okay, probably great. still lose. No, they're probably yeah. They probably they'd still obviously lose to USC, and they would have beaten Mississippi State. Uh-huh. So, this team could look a lot different. Um, What's your call, Trevor. God, this is good radio. Me just being silent. I've got my call. <laughs> I'm. A, I got my call ready to go. I think that this yeah, is going to be the game of the day. I know after, what you're going to choose after we watch Oregon and Utah. I really, really like Oregon State, but I think Trevor, you pointed out earlier in the year that Oregon State's a very different football team away from Corvallis. Yeah. And funny things happen in Tucson. I think there's going to be a full house in Tucson this weekend, and I think it's going to be crazy. I think we're going to see some things that are, we're not expecting to see, and I think the fans rush the field and celebrate this win. Call it twenty-seven, twenty-one, cats. Arizona has not been blown out by anybody. They've been within almost a score of everybody that they've played. Um, Oregon State losing to Washington State really hurts how I feel about them. I do think that they are a complete football team. I think they're good defensively. I think they can still run the football. I can't get on that Arizona train quite yet. They win this game. I am I am running on that train. I'm catching up, and I'm going to hook on on the on the caboose but i can't do it yet i'm gonna stick with oregon state to cover but only by one i i, I have them covering by four uh 38 hmm. yeah because oregon state's def- like they are a complete team but their defense isn't what it was last year especially on this in the secondary oh god yeah more, I, more radio silence i know god i just i i I could see this being almost any way. I could see Oregon State winning big. I could see 
Arizona winning big. I could see Arizona winning close. I could see Oregon State winning close. Um, I'm going to go with – Jake, what did you say? You said Oregon State was going to cover? Oregon State 38-34. Okay, I'm going to say Oregon State wins but doesn't cover, so we're all different. So, I, I don't know, 20, 28-27. So, I like it. On, on a I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. I think Crazy. it's going to be. I'm know. just going to be glad to watch Pac-12 after dark in the desert, and it doesn't involve Washington. And Delivered. that's the, it's that's on the ESPN. beauty. What was that? It's on ESPN. On ESPN. Perfect. Still, yeah. yep. It, the beauty of this game is I will be all nice and snuggled, tucked in watching a game where there should be madness and I won't have to stress about it. <laughs> and that's all always that fun. The, the best kind of football game is one that you watch that you really don't care what happens. You just are watching it for the fun of it. Yep. And very few games. Do we watch Washington where that's the case if ever, or Oregon, we always have it. We always have a stake in that too. So this is, this is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I like both of these coaches. I like both of these programs. I like both of the quarterbacks. There's so much to like. I like both I like both running backs. Like there's so much about these two programs that I like. I like that they were both down and out with two just duds coaches. And both universities went out and made great hires. Mm-hmm. I I just like both of these stories. And as soon as one of them beats Washington, I will hate them. But they're not going to be in the same conference anymore, so I'm not going to have to worry about it. Totally. All right. Well, I think that'll do it. We'll come back and recap this one on, uh, you guys will hear it Monday morning. So for Trevor Mueller, UW, Jake Grant, go dogs. Go dogs. Stanford, your punk ass book jockeys. Go dogs.